What do you get when a narcissistic joker wins the highest office in the land? You get... Recession, or how democracy broke its ass through a comedy of errors. A comic opus by J. Sean Durham. For mature ears only. Produced by J. Sean Durham and Kristen Meta. With sounds and songs by Adam A. Johnson. Uh-oh. Falling apart. Shit. International news, the Kremlin is signaling its dissatisfaction with the U.S.-led sanctions against the nation for its unlawful invasion of the Ukrainian province of Crimea. Meanwhile, Russian chess master Karl Kapersky said he plans to challenge the Russian president in the country's elections next year. Kapersky is a Westernist candidate who has been a staunch critic of the Kremlin. How would you solve the geopolitical rift between Russia, her former satellite nations and the West? I think that the leaders of the great nations should grab a bottle of vodka, sit down and just do shots. Now for talent, Miss, what is your performance? Well, normally I do a Russian helicopter on one of the judges in private. But tonight, I am going to undress myself while playing Marquis from the Nutcracker Suite with this accordion. And, at the same time, put together the pieces of this AK-47 with my feet. Oh my, she is very talented! Oh, she just shot the Zek George by accident. There will be a deduction for that. Nevertheless, Yelena Natasha Andrea Kolesnikov is your new Miss World for 2013. Let's thank Dick Spade for bringing the pageant to Russia. Scene 12. Conspirazia. It is 2013, four years earlier than our current day, at Yubileni Arena in St. Petersburg, Russia. A younger Dick Richards is seated in a chair at a vanity in a backstage dressing room. A younger and slimmer Dick Spade enters with a bottle of champagne wearing snorkeling goggles. Okay, Miss Kalashnikov, congratulations on becoming Miss World Power 2013. Hope you're ready to show me what this Russian helicopter business is all about. Oh, hey, bub. Um, I understand the champagne, but why the goggles? Hey, you're backstage at my pageant. Find your own place to play grab-ass. I'm the only grab-ass here, pal. Mr. Spade, you don't remember me. I'm Dick Richards. We met in D.C. at the GPAC Political Festival two months ago. Oh, yeah, you're the Dick. What's the article placement, sir? It's just that I know a lot of dicks. I'm a Richard myself, a huge Richard at that. The man enters the backstage area with his Russian aide, too. They are both well-dressed. Spade looks at the man in awe. Oh, wow, this is such an honor. How do I address you? Sir is fine. I hope you enjoy the pageant, sir. I brought it to St. Petersburg to show the world how beautiful Russia is, you know? The people, the food, 
The Russian helicopters? Ah, you're familiar with new Kamovka 52K? No. They are excellent. No, I mean the helicopters the lady talked about tonight. The Russian aide whispers in the man's ear to explain the lewd maneuver. Oh, we can assist you in finding a helicopter or two to ride in your suite tonight. After our conversation. I love this guy. You really are the man. And your country is a magical place. Absolutely magical. I mean, just this morning I had one of your Russian eggs for breakfast. One inside the other. Never-ending breakfast. Might shit a ruby later, but it was good. A little crunchy, but good. The man and Russian aide feign concern to Richards. Are you sure that this is the man that we want for this? Yes, sir. What you see is lockstep with the American people. They watch Spade hurt himself while removing the goggles. Such a great representation of your country. The man places his hand on Russianade as a gesture to settle down. I've studied you and your family, and I have news. I have learned that you have Russian roots, Comrade Spadinov. Uh, how did you know that? Are you my long-lost papa? No, but we make it a point to track our successful brethren in faraway lands. So, welcome home. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Say, when do I get my helicopter torts? He has little uh, attention span, doesn't he? <sighs> yes. Mr. Spade, remember what we talked about at GPAC where I met you? This is the Russian connection. I know you are having difficulty securing funding for your projects. We can help you. Impossible. I'm looking for at least $400 million in funding, and North Korea has better credit than me. The man nods at the Russian aide, and she produces a briefcase. She opens it and shows its contents to Spade. Shit! Look at all this construction paper! They are bearer bonds, Mr. Spade. The baseball player? What? You know, the big black guy on steroids? You mean Barry Bonds? Yeah, him. Does that look like a briefcase full of big black baseball players? These are bearer bonds. You run a multi-billion dollar company. You've never seen them before? Oh, bearer bonds. Like in Die Hard. Hans Gruber, John McClane. This idiot is the darling of the conservative America? Mr. Spade, there's $500 million here. So I will speak your language. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker! Five hundred million? Duh. Richards grabs Spade's chin and turns it to him. Do you remember what we discussed at GPAC? Yeah, yeah. You wanted me to run for president. And now we're here with a briefcase full of money. You're awesome. Sir. Now, if you excuse me, Dick, I need you to leave so I can grab some pussycats. What? The man walks over to Spade. I have worked with Mr. Richards for a long time. Long enough that we have developed a network of friends that we support secretly in the United States. What is important is that we can support you and your businesses. Covertly, of course. There are so many things we can do for you. And if you are successful, you can do these things for us. You own a network? I have the top-rated show in America. It's not that type of network, and you do not have the top... Uh, or should I say you own a network? Get it? Yeah. Get it? Mr. Spade, you take this money and I expect a lot from you. 
He grabs Spade by his hair and yanks his face toward his. Do you understand, Comrade Spodinov? The room is silent. Spade then takes a deep breath. He snaps up the briefcase and shakes the man's hand. I guess we'll be talking soon. My comrade will follow you to your cart for protection. We will also secure two women for your suite tonight. Two very good pilots for Russian helicopters, yes? Overwhelmed with joy, Spade clasps his hands together and mouths out an inaudible thank you as he and the Russian aide exit. Richard stays behind to talk to the man. I have watched him. He tells lies against the president. Yes, and he's good at not admitting that they are lies, sir. Why do you think people are following this man? He's tapping into an anger that we need to take our country back. Americans feel better with a white man in charge. Racism makes him popular? We just think it's the proper order of things. This diversity thing has left a lot of our people behind, you know. Spade is a bullshitter. He's not even really a good businessman. He's not steeped in politics, but this current president has made politics a popularity contest. But American democracy is popularity contest, yes? Um, yes. Mr. Richards, it is one thing to install a puppet regime in a voiceless society. It is another to do it in a democracy where people talk freely. Are you sure you are you sure this will work? I'm not sure. But don't worry about Spade. I will be there doing the dirty work. Others will support from the shadows now that you have made our plans possible. Plans? I want the sanctions against Russia lifted and to open markets for the Russian people. The money I gave your candidate was pulled from a number of oligarchs. As for your plans, you want to... Restore the glory of the white Christian society. And to wipe everything that uppity mulatto-in-chief has done to move America from that. All the immigrants and Muslims and gays, all this diversity has hurt good, honest white people. Perhaps good, honest white people go to college, get education. Not wait for outdated factory and coal jobs to return, yes? A small silence after the dig. Well, I wouldn't be concerned, sir. We both have our agendas. We will launch a disinformation campaign to test our cyber infiltration capabilities. This will be a good trial. That sounds wonderful, sir. They shake. The man holds Richard's hand a little longer. Mr. Richards, I'm going to tell you something no one knows about me. I was born and raised in Chechnya. I am Muslim. I have hidden my roots to rise to power here in Russia, and I do not agree with your campaigns in America. So, spare me your disgusting ambitions. Just do what you can to get him in office to lift those sanctions. Now, leave me. He releases Richard's grip. Stunned, Richard's leaves. The man sits and pours himself a glass of the champagne left by Spade, along with the goggles. He inspects the goggles and shakes his head. Then a younger Dick Putz enters. I'm sorry, sir. My friend left those here. I'm Mr. Spade's designated driver on this trip. Don't fret, sir. I I know what is happening here. Mr. Spade doesn't know what he's doing, but I do. That's why I'm here. Putz walks off. The man has another sip of champagne and smiles. The Russian aide returns. Sit. Have a drink with me. The Russian aide pours a glass of bubbly. 
I was in Yeltsin's detail when he made a trip to the United States. As a KGB agent, I studied our great rival, and I came to appreciate their history, their story. And you know what sealed my infatuation with them? When Yeltsin visited supermarket in Dubuque, Iowa. I've heard of this. What is it? What did they say? Walmart? No. It was a regular store with so much food and supplies. And the people there, white, black, Muslim, Asian, Hispanic, they contribute all over to create that one store. We traveled the country all that week. We saw factories, technology, plants, farms, forests. And you know what I remember? The diversity of all people at those locations. I stood on this for many years, and I asked myself, what exactly made America the greatest power on Earth anyone has ever seen? Because Mother Russia is not America. What conclusion did you draw, sir? My conclusion was that the strength of America is her diversity. That trip is why we have treaties with Africa and China. It is why we have opened our doors to Latin countries for labor. I don't know if America thinks its diversity is a strength, but it is. And we do not have America's diversity. No, sir, we do not. I want what America has for Russia. But Comrade Spodinov and Richards prove that racism is America's Achilles heel. And we can exploit this if Spodinov is elected, yes? We have this arrow in our quiver. We mustn't miss for Russia. It is day six of a deadly rash of riots and protests that have swept the nation. Protests are fueled by a spate of shootings by law enforcement officials of unarmed black men throughout the nation. And this all came to a head after Reverend Peter Isaac Moses Packard was shot and killed in the Oval Office after the assassination of President Spade. Marches are broken up by police with riot-controlled tactics. Fires and violence are all around. This is madness. Who can put out this racial fire? Scene 13. Beware the margarita woman. Bert Nussmeyer paces inside his foot of the hill bar with a shotgun on his shoulder. A rock is tossed into the bar. Bert takes his rifle and runs to the doorway. He then returns with John and Naomi Ernest in tow. Y'all got balls venturing out here in this crazy shit. Oh my god, it is crazy out there! (sighs) People have lost their minds. They're tearing and burning everything up. There was a crazy man out there. He duct-taped a 32-inch flat screen around his arm. He's out there waving and warding people off like like, like, like some kind of Captain America. Yeah, except he's black. Captain Black America. What do you have? <sighs> Whatever rye you can pour is clever for me. Uh, my wife will have her usual. Chardonnay, right, babe? Nope. A night like this calls for vodka. Straight. Although... We are aware that it's, uh, margarita night. It's my bar. I know it's margarita night. Oh. So you know people who come in for, you know, 
Margarita. But y'all ordered a rye and a vodka, so what's with all the margarita shit? For God's sake, boys, John, you're awful at this. Just tell the man that you know what this place is. It's a bar, plain and simple. It's been a meeting ground for the resistance, so cut the crap. It's why we are here waiting for your margarita drinker to show on a night where Dizzy is under curfew and the city is burning. Now may I have a menu and another vodka, please? Naomi turns up her drink. Bert looks impressed. Is this why you brought your wife along? So she can burst bubbles and blow covers? No. He brought me along because he didn't want me to be alone with the madness out there. Plus, anything you say to him, he's just going to tell me anyway. Naomi looks at the menu Bert hands her. How's your BLT? It's edible. We can make it with turkey if you like. No, thank you. Turkey bacon tastes like smoked cardboard and dick teases. Sharon storms in the bar frantically and looks around. Bert greets her to make sure she's okay. She's panting. Bert, why is the open sign up out there? We can't risk any riffraff in here tonight. I had to avoid a group of little boys out there stealing several boxes full of plastic bowls. Now what in the Philadelphia fuck are they going to do with hundreds of plastic bowls? Who does that? Then another fool out there is using a flat screen TV as a shield, looking like Captain Black America. Hey, we made that joke first. Who are they? That's Riff Raff. The Ernestes wave timidly. John stands to meet Sharon. So you're Margarita Woman's friend. Do you know who I am? I think I do. Do you know exactly which friend I am? I think I do. Miss Jones, this is my wife, Naomi. Hello. Hello. I've been reading you, Miss Jones. You've been busy. According to Margarita Woman, so have you, Mr. Ernest. A tense silence fills over the room as they mill about. Naomi receives her sandwich. John drinks. Sharon and Bert are at the bar in quiet conversation. Then... Director! Bert grabs a towel and tends to the wound. I broke the glass window to twist the doorknob. What? We can't understand you, secret squirrel. Dana takes off the mask. I had to make sure I wasn't followed and I didn't know the door would be locked. I don't know if it's a riot or a street festival. There's a pinata and fireworks out there. Fireworks? I saw a little boy steal a tricycle. I looked at him and said, you just stole a tricycle. Why don't you ride it instead of carrying it? He said he didn't know how to ride a tricycle. Did you see Captain Black America out there with his shield? You mean Wonder Woman. What? The person out there with a TV strapped to their arm and the long cardboard tube as a sword? Isn't that a woman? Anyway, now that we're all here, let's get to it. (sighs) Yes. All right, I'm just going to sit right here and wait to hear your master plan. Yes, I will inform you in just a moment. Just as soon as... Bert gives her a margarita. Dana sips. Ah, where was I? The plan? Ah, yes. We have to kill them. John and Naomi get up immediately. Well, it's great catching up. Hey, where are you guys going? Are you serious? This woman is talking about killing people. Not everyone. Two people, tops. Um, I'm with the earnest on this one. Sharon gets up to leave as well. Wait, wait. Let's just hear her out. Director, who are the two people? Dick Richards and Bianca Spade-Levin. John and Naomi hastily scramble to leave. John helps Naomi with her coat. I'm still wondering why the rest of you haven't grabbed your coats to get the hell out of here like us. 
we've been playing this little game a little too slowly. Richards is a Russian rat and bigot, and Bianca is a murderer. Wait, who did she kill? Why, her father, of course. I knew it! That white bitch set the brother up! Everyone stops and looks at Sharon, who is full-blown sister-girl mode. Oh, privileged white bitch. She knew exactly what she was doing, making the black man the fall guy. Mm Mm-hmm. She marked firm in the rev. I'm surprised the bitch didn't drop a bloody glove on the presidential seal. Oh, don't y'all get all white on me now. But didn't OJ... No, 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 no. We're not going there. Anyway, director, Shirley, you're joking. No joke here. And don't call me Shirley. We have to save the country from these people... And we can do it when that Russian bastard comes next week to get the sanctions lifted. There has to be another way. I'm a lover, not a fighter. You're a lover? Who have you loved lately? Beyonce. Guys, this is serious. We conspired to take these guys out, and we're no better than they are. Right? Don't be naive, John. This is the way of the world. It's a check on bad democracy. Rats have infested the White House, and we are the fumigation. We have to take them out before they sell the country out. Why can't we just, like, go public with what we know? Everyone stops and starts snickering. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? What? Get your eyes on, honey. You made public sound like pubic. <laughs> <laughs> if we went pubic, boy, could you imagine? They all laugh hysterically. See? This is the problem with this country. Everyone wants to make fun and belittle and make jokes. Pubic, public, who cares? You know what I meant. But you don't know like I know. I've seen this before in my home country. Oh, oh, let's guess Naomi's country. Guys, guys, no, please don't. No, John, it's okay. I'm used to it. John shakes his head while Bert, Sharon, and Dana line up with buzzers. It's time to play Guess That Latina. And now here's your host, Naomi Ernest. Motherfucker. She pulls a cue card out of her purse and asks the question with no enthusiasm. So, what Spanish-speaking country am I from? You're Mexican. Damn it, every Spanish-speaking person is in Mexican. You're better than that. Think South America. You're Brazilian. You're a former foreign correspondent. Brazilians speak Portuguese, not Spanish. How can you confuse the two? Doesn't everyone? No. Everyone waits for Dana to buzz in. You're not playing, Dana? You're a Uruguayan who, along with your family, fled in the early 1970s after the brutal reign of revolutionaries who took over the country thanks to the aid of military specialists from the CIA. Oh, yeah. Right. Exactly. Want to repeat that, Director? Man, where'd you find an Uruguayan? My point is that so many places around the world resort to violence to dispatch their leaders. And America, with its old CIA missions, should know more than anyone else what simple assassinations do to those places. They disrupt their stability. That can't happen here. Not in America. Ma'am, the gun has dictated everything in this country. You came here in the 70s? Well, you missed the 60s. And that's when conspirators' bullets took down Kennedy, X, King, another Kennedy, destroyed the liberal and progressive order to come. Chaos ruled this country. It worked for them. It can work for us to take back our country. Bert, 
You don't understand what America is, what it has become, what it has always been. It's always been about the haves and the have-nots, and how the haves do whatever they can to keep what they got. That means they do anything, keep their money, power, and their privilege. The haves lie, cheat, steal, and even kill to keep their way. They keep their feet on the necks of the have-nots. They mock them and say, you don't have the guts to do what's necessary for a revolution. You don't have the guts to go all the way. They guilt the underclass and the races, give them religion and a code of ethics to make them faithful and docile, while they go and break every single rule they brainwash you with to keep you in line. The haves, oh, they got audacity. We keep expecting them to play by the rules when we don't even know the games they play. That, Mrs. Ernest, is the real America. This country has its problems. And yes, democracy made a mistake, but it's not so bad that democracy can't correct itself. Director, Dana, please think about that. Democracy will take too long, John. The President of the United States was killed in the Oval Office by his daughter to salvage his legacy and cover up his mental illness and his collusion with America's archenemy. He was buried last month and replaced by a puppet for the enemy. But no one wants to touch that story because the country is in crisis. Those riots outside are due to the White House machinations. They need the chaos so people like them can address order by caging up or shipping out minorities. We don't have time to sort this mess out. In a re-election three and a half years from now... And we don't have time to make the country believe us, John. Sometimes the truth is not enough. Aghast, Naomi cries and runs off. Ah! John runs after her, but Dana grabs him. Naomi, honey, wait. John, please. I'm sorry, Director, but I can't. John chases after Naomi and leaves. Sharon is left with Bert and Dana. So your answer is just to kill everybody. Just Bianca and Richards. We can probably leave Putts out of it. If they are holding Coppermott over him, then he would be free from it. The country can't handle another presidential assassination. And if the Russians are harmed on our soil, that could trigger World War III. But isn't this your fault? Yes. My fault? Yes, it's your fault. And John's fault. And the fault of your party who saw Spade rise to power with racism, bigotry, and rhetoric. But you never checked him. And now... And now it's time to kill the monster they created, Sharon. I told you we speak truth to power. But when your voice ain't heard, you have to speak with something that all the world can hear. These bullets are plenty loud enough. Bert, you always said what we do is the most powerful job in the world. And now you want to dishonor all of that to kill? Remember what Thomas Jefferson said? The tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. Thomas Jefferson also said, bend over, Sally. So fuck that guy. There's a better way, and I'm going to find it. Sharon walks away. She turns back one last time. Bert offers her his shotgun. It's dangerous out there. I want you to protect yourself. No, thank you, Bert. I'll take my chances. Bert watches her go. Bert and Dana look at each other and are silent. Dana goes to the bar and mixes a martini. She pours two glasses. Bert accepts. You know, I was a pretty good shot in Desert Storm. I know. I've always known that. I'll tell you this. I knew that before I first set foot in this bar. 
You are why I came here. You have always been my in-game Bert. Because you are a soldier and a patriot. You got the right one, Senator. Just Bianca Spade and Dick Richards. Don't touch the others. You don't think Putz is in on it? I don't know yet. Leave him be for now. Is that okay with you, Bert? Okay by me, Dana. They look at each other with a large sense of duty, but also with a hint of passion. They toast the decision. For For America. America! Scene 14. Say, brother, can you spare a grassy knoll? It's a cloudy day at the International Plaza in Washington, D.C. A dais is set with four chairs and a lectern. Protesters flood the area on a tense day. Bert Nussmeyer is on the scene, carrying a long duffel bag and wearing a newsboy cap. He's at the far right side of the protesters and crouches behind a bush for cover. Nevertheless, we see his targets walk onto the dais. Bianca Spade, Dick Richards, with The Man, and Dick Putz. While the crowd continues to chant lowly, the quartet take their seats. When they stand again... Bert stands from his crouch behind the bush to take a swig of whiskey from a flask and to give the dais a middle finger. From his perch, hundreds of yards away, Dana enters the plaza grounds. Bert finds her with a rifle scope. Dana knows Bert has visual on her. She cleans her glasses and spots him. She points to her watch, a signal to Bert that it was time. Bert settles on a grassy knoll area near the International Plaza. Dana braces with anticipation. Bert aims his rifle and looks through his scope. His aim finds Dana in his crosshairs. He cocks his rifle. Do it, Bert. Bert gives pause. Dana and Bert's eyes find each other. Do it, Bert. Then suddenly, (laughs) Bianca Spade and Dick Richards go down. Bert looks at Dana. Don't do it, Bert! But Bert aims in defiance. Bert fires two more shots, striking the man and piercing putts through the lectern. Dana flees. Bert grabs his things and takes off. The news reports are fast and furious. There has been a shooting at International Plaza. This just in. President Putz, the Russian president, and two White House aides have been shot. A gunman is on the loose after firing several rounds during a ceremony with both officials. The nation is on edge as we await to hear of casualties and survivors. Bert runs to the place where this plot was hatched, his foot of the hill bar. He rushes to the sink and splashes his face with water. He finds a bottle of whiskey on the bar and takes a huge swig from the bottle. He struggles to get himself right when Dana storms in. I know what we agreed on, but I I couldn't chance it that... Dana charges at Bert and the two kiss, hugely and passionately. Their tension eases. Satisfied by the romantic turn, Dana goes to the bar and makes herself a margarita while Bert sits at a table. He then laughs. Dana laughs too. 
both laugh hysterically until two armed Secret Service men storm into the bar and empty their rounds into Bert. Bert! Oh, God! Bert! The Secret Service men arrest Dana and leave Bert's lifeless body on the bar floor. An hour after these events transpire, Sharon Jones sadly reads a breaking obituary on her laptop in her apartment. It's the obituary of her longtime friend and mentor. Authorities have shot and killed the alleged assassin, bar owner and former Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter Bert Nussmeyer. Nussmeyer, who served during Operation Desert Storm in the first Iraq War, was also a foreign affairs correspondent for the Washington Gazette. After the election of Richard Spade, Nussmeyer quit his post to work at his bar, foot of the hill. Teary-eyed, Sharon answers the door, and it's a delivery man. He hands her a legal-sized envelope. Sharon opens the package and reads, Jesus, Bert. If you're reading this, Sharon, then my way didn't work. So I leave you my bar and this note to not cry for me. The way I see it, living in America didn't have the same meaning for me anymore. I don't know how you plan to save the world, but however you do it, save it the right way. So keep the deed, burn the letter. Viva la resistance, kiddo. Bert. God damn you, Bert. Viva la resistance. since the 1960s. In the space of 33 days, the country has lost a controversial president and Richard Spade, killed in the vaunted Oval Office itself, allegedly at the hands of a black civil rights leader who has never advocated a single violent act, ever. And now, shockingly, we have three more Poles dead on American soil. A Russian president, the slain president's daughter, Bianca Spade-Levin, and white nationalist advisor, Dick Richards. Thankfully, President Dick Putt survived this attempt on his life, largely due to a piece of dense wood in the lectern that he stood behind, slowing down the bullet and softening the assassin's bullet. Moscow claims that the killing is an act of war, but strangely, the death of their leader has created an opening for Russian reformist revolutionaries who have taken to the streets there. Russian chess master Karl Kapersky is considering a leading candidate for elections. Russia and America, one on the brink of chaos, torn apart by race riots and bloody assassination efforts, and one on the verge of a democratic Western spring. Bizarre times. Reporting from Washington, D.C., I'm Fiona Armsworthy. Final scene. Democracy. The season finale. President Dick Putz is seated in the Oval Office with his arm in a sling. He has a decanter of whiskey and two glasses filled with ice cubes on his desk. There is a square box on his desk near his telephone. John enters. John! 
Mr. President, I'm relieved to see you're well, sir. I'm blessed. I'm wearing the bullet around my neck for luck. Have a seat, John. I want to discuss something with you. John sits as Putz pours the whiskey. Are we celebrating something, sir? Your survival's a blessing, but we're into the third week of riots and protests. And we can only hope something good comes of the revolution in Russia. Because if not, there could be war, right? Russia. Don't worry, John. I'm on it. I have plans for all of it. Salute. Swirl it around a bit, then give it a taste. The ice cubes open it up more. John does and finally drinks. Putz does not. I want you to be my chief of staff. Tastes like almonds. With all due respect, I I don't know how aligned you are with Spade's politics. The country is scared, John. They need order. They need to feel safe. The presidency has been attacked twice now. Three people have died. Four, if you include the reverend. So a second look at programs like Felon and Adios is not just good politics. It's good policy. Yeah, when, when did you start believing in young black men picking cotton and shipping out Hispanics was good policy? You were head of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. You know it would wreck the economy and tear the country apart. Who, who do you, who? Dizzy, John places his hand on his head, then looks at his glass. You weren't too good at math, were you, John? Did you drug me? Math, John. I said the attacks killed four people. Spade, Bianca, the Russian, and the Reverend. Oh my god, Richards? Putz lifts a square box on his desk to reveal Dick Richards' head. Alive. Como estas, bitches? What the hell is going on? You'd be amazed what government scientists can do. But Dick is only good for a few minutes at a time. That's what she said. Shh. Yeah, he's, he's foggy, but he can provide counsel from time to time. But we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> you get advice from the severed head of an evil man. You think I didn't hear what you all said about me? Putz is a putz. Dick Putz, more like dumb as Dick Putz, and all that. I'm the one who set all this in motion. I just couldn't predict the assassination attempt. Dana? Wait, you and you and Dana were in coots? Yes. Well, no, she didn't know about it. Hell, I didn't know about it. Shut up, dickhead. Hey, watch your mouth, John. But I am literally a dickhead. Ulrich didn't know I was playing her. You know your constitution, John? Dana was head of the Senate Intel Committee. You know what the vice president is? Um, the president of, uh... V-POTUS is the president of the Senate. So as the V-POTUS, I told Dana to recruit you, John. She thought she ran things, but she just advanced the ball for me. Sir, nobody calls the V-POTUS. Sure they do. No one in the history of ever has ever used the term V-POTUS. What about Dan Quayle, that one time? Nope, V-POTUS, not a thing. It's like veggie lasagna or turkey bacon. You don't need the modifier if you're a legitimate thing, so... Frustrated, Putz places the box back over Richard's head. Shut up! I'm POTUS now, motherfuckers! Now, tell me all about the conspiracy. And you'll tell me because your drink is laced with sodium pentothal. Truth serum. <laughs> Putz turns up his drink. Did you just... Seermize yourself? What? Oh, wait. Um, uh, say, Dick, 
Was the ice laced with sodium pentothal or was it the whiskey itself? Well, if you have to ask. Putz puts the box back over Richards and slumps in his chair. Oh, fuck. Now both drugged on truth serum, the two look at each other and have a rapid-fire truth off. How did you tell Dana about Spade's trip to Russia and not implicate yourself? I told her I overheard it. She found Spade's jet manifest, but I wasn't on it. I entered St. Petersburg secretly from Helsinki. Information is like finding poison in the body. You have to know what you're looking for. She only looked for what I told her, so I literally flew in under the radar. Ah, good one. Who else conspired to assassinate me? Just Bert. Dana only wanted Richard and Bianca. But Bert must have gone rogue. What's going to happen to Dana? I'm going to make her the face of the conspiracy because people are suspicious of the government. And she's a big enough player to get killed and put that to rest. Besides, she's a woman. Society loves to blame women. But why not thank Dana instead of placing her in front of a firing squad? Bitch, please. Dead Dana equals dead conspiracy. So I need her dead, dig? I leaked to reporters. I built the conspiracy, but I kept my prints off the conspiracy. Now it's Dana's conspiracy. She's the straw man, and that takes care of all the people who knew. I know about the conspiracy, and I'm still alive. Oh, for crying out loud, dick. Rolling his eyes, Putz opens up the desk drawer, pulls out a gun, and fires into the box. John is stunned. Putz puts the gun away. That dickhead was a pain in my ass, you know. Putz and John are mirror images. With the desk in between them, they both slump over and pass out. John dreams of Dana standing with her hands behind her back and blindfolded. Dana? Wait! Wait! Darlings! Dana pulls a margarita from behind her back. She drinks it coolly. When she finishes, she places her hands behind her back again and smiles. Need salt. John awakens from his passing out. He realizes Putz is still out. John stands up to walk out the oval and escape. But he stops, walks to the desk, and pulls out the gun Putz killed Richards with. John cocks it, and the click of the cock wakes Putz. I didn't want to make trouble. I made you an offer. I don't need any offers. So what's the play here, John? Shoot me? The Secret Service will gun you down just like they did the reverend. And pull that trigger, this country will go to shit. Already seems that way, Mr. President. But if you shoot me dead, it won't be good for Naomi. Putz pulls out a cell phone with a video of Naomi surrounded by Secret Service officers. John, while still having the gun on Putz, is frantic. Naomi, no! John, listen to me. If anything happens to her... I promise not to hurt a hair on her sweet Mexican head. It's Uruguay. Oh, damn. My bad. Why why did I think she was Mexican? Putz! Okay, listen. I need you. Nobody wants this job after all the carnage that's happened. So, work for me. Now, why would I help you turn this country's values to shit? Because if you don't, I promise you, dead or alive, your wife will be the very first person I'm shipping out of here through the Adios program. And you'll never see her again. You're blackmailing me to work for my country, which is something I have done all my life. But you want to sell... You... But you want me to sell out to serve you? Why don't you just gun me down like you did Dana? Because I need you alive. I need a white, competent, safe, and reassuring face. Then we can crack down on all the bad guys. But you're the bad guy. And maybe I should just shoot you. John gets closer, burrows the gun at Putz's temple, and breathes hard. John? John! 
so many places around the world resort to violence to dispatch their leaders. And America should know more than anyone what assassinations do to these places. They disrupt their stability. And that can't happen here, not in America, where the gun has dictated everything in this country. The bullets of conspirators took down Kennedy, X, King, another Kennedy. It destroyed the entire liberal and progressive order that was to come. The guns work for chaos and disorder, not for peace and tranquility. There has to be another way. Yes? Secret Service agents charge into the Oval Office. John tosses the gun aside. John misfired to the side of Putz's head. It's okay, men. Stand down. We're okay here. Putz waves them off and makes hand gestures of safety assurance. The men slowly exit. I didn't kill you, but I won't serve you. But I could arrest you for attempted murder. I could still say adios to Naomi out the country. Sir, what do you need me for, really? To operate the White House lights like Spade? Dude, I've always known how to work the lights. Work with me. We can remake this country. Stay. (sighs) I'm sorry, but I don't recognize America anymore. You may want me to stay, but Naomi and I can find better worlds elsewhere. You won't have to illegally deport Naomi. We'll leave together. We'll be gone in 48 hours. John, make it 24 hours. John flips Putt's middle finger and leaves. Russia elects a new reformist leader. Putz uses the U.S. military to stamp out riots. Is this America or China? We now welcome Washington Gazette reporter Sharon Jones. Miss Jones, why are you suspicious of the facts surrounding the murder of President Spade? Let's just say the evidence seems a little shaky. President Putz has issued executive orders to speed up the adios and felon pilot initiatives. Originally tenants of the Spade administration, Mr. Putz said both are for the safety and security of the nation since its month of terror. Finally, the voice of Donald J. Trump after coming down the Trump Tower escalator to a crowd of supporters. I am officially running... For President of the United States, and we are going to make our country great again. The Great Recession is complete. The Great Recession, or How Democracy Broke Its Ass Through a Comedy of Errors, starring Sam McRae, Emily Morrison, Vince Eisenson, Katie Carlson, Sebastian Layton Cooper, Joshua Barlow, Michael Roxy Johnson, Sarah Corey, Stephen Soto, and Matt Francisco, with Kristen Metter as the narrator. Executive produced by Jay Sean Durham and Kristen Metter. Written and directed by Jay Sean Durham. Sound production mixes and mastering by Dave Mallon for innovation with music by Adam A. Johnson of Architect of Sound. Sound effects provided by Zapsplat.com. Original songs composed by Adam A. Johnson of Architect of Sound and written by Gent Marcus for BBR Music, featuring Marnie Price on vocals for House of Spade and Gent Marcus on Pastoral Plea and White Command. Photography by Pasquale Buchanan and posters by Kellen Metter. Casting considerations by Paige Gold for Paige Gold and Associates Backstage and Dragonut Connects. Creative consultant Tara Bryant. COVID compliance protocols provided by Lexicon Media Productions. 
If you like what you heard, please support The Great Recession by visiting thegreatrecessionpodcast.com, where you'll also find additional episodes, bonus content, and full credits. This is fresh, free, original art produced amid a burgeoning pandemic. The lights are off on Broadway, but we birthed this baby, y'all. The Great Recession or How Democracy Broke Its Ass Through a Comedy of Errors is a presentation of JSD Inc. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Peace, suckas.